Welcome to the Future of Consumer and Retail podcast by SAP. In this series, produced in partnership with NRF Retail Converge, we're offering event highlights from the five-day virtual conference. Our goal is to bring you a concise summary so you can keep a pulse on leading retail trends. I'm Matt Gardner, joined by my colleagues Rick Wanger, Robin Wilson, and Kara Reed, all of us part of SAP's retail advisory practice. This is the first time NRF is bringing together multiple retail verticals, including corporate strategy, supply chain, marketing, e-commerce, store operations, customer experience, loss prevention, cybersecurity, and more. We're excited to get into it. So Rick, let's start with you. What did you notice in day one sessions? Hey, Matt, thanks for having us on. My biggest takeaways from day one was the breadth of topics, from future of retail to projections and outlooks to an amazing fireside chat with John Ferner of Walmart, to diversity and inclusion, to how retail is leading change. What I really liked is the retailer's perspective in providing really meaningful strategies for areas like loss prevention, fraud, cybersecurity. For example, an interesting session was all about consumers saying, I never got it, and how fraudsters are manipulating customer-centric return strategies. And there's a little bit for everyone this year at NRF. Overall, compared to what we discussed in January, a real positive message. Retail sales grew 7% in 2020. Consumer optimism and spending is up. Projected retail sales growth in 2021, 10.5% to 13.5%, which is anticipating the fastest economic growth in the last 35 years. And Walmart U.S. President and CEO John Ferner highlighted that the trend is what we expected, and the trend would have happened with or without COVID. It was just exciting. Accelerated. Robin, I'd be curious to get your feedback on some of those keynote sessions. Thanks, Rick. Customers really have done what they thought they would do. Walmart had this inkling move to digital, buy online, pick up in store, pick orders within the stores for online, all of those types of things. Only it went a lot quicker. Being flexible for the customer was a big theme. I thought it was really interesting that he felt it was too early to call what kind of changes customers will make or to be able to predict the change which was very similar notion that we heard from the Terry Lundgren event back in May. And overall, he said to keep loyalty is about taking friction out of the customer journey. Kara, I know you watched the same keynotes. Any thoughts about that session? Speaking about customer loyalty, I loved the quote that loyalty in retail is the absence of something better. I just thought in today's world, it's so true, especially throughout the past 16 months. Some of the things I think came out of nowhere were the challenges that retailers had to face during the pandemic, such as the supply chain and keeping everyone safe. There were so many curveballs coming every single day. There were so many decisions that had to be made that there was no time to run things up the chain. And they just had to trust their employees to make decisions that were focused in the values that Walmart have and how they were always making the decisions that aired on the side of keeping the employees safe. I also watched a session that included Liz O'Neill, the executive vice president and COO of Levi Strauss. The pandemic did make some things quite challenging. For example, they proceeded with purchasing all of the fabrics and anything that they had on order to really show a partnership with their suppliers. They also gave out grants to be sure that businesses would be able to survive. Then there was a bit of a transition to the fact that they're going through a full digital transformation, digitizing end to end gives Levi's three things, speed to market, better forecasting, and better for the planet. Another session focused on the world in rebound. That was with Valerie Jarrett, who is the former senior advisor to President Obama. And the fact that 
what's going on politically really is impacting trade. Funny enough, she talked a lot about how brands, if they can just cut through the noise and talk about what they believe in, it will bring them closer to the consumer. The politics itself will fade away. It's interesting, Robin. Retail is at the forefront of so many different societal fronts, political fronts, and it's such a cool industry to be a part of because it really is leading the change. If you think about the size and scale of retail, retail employs 32 million people in the U.S. When it comes to things like diversity, equity, and inclusion, one person put it well in one of the sessions that I attended where there really are no playbooks for this stuff. But if you listen to these sessions, there are some good examples of programs and the way leaders are leading their organization at, at great companies like Neiman Marcus, Best Buy, AT&T, Diageo, and how they're really navigating this change. And a couple things struck me, similarities between these organizations. One, creating a community, a sense of belonging for their employees, a sense a purpose for their customers. One stat that I found really interesting was that top quartile leaders in having a sound culture around diversity, equity, and inclusion are outperforming bottom quartile by 25 to 35%. So it's always cool to see that translate. Another interesting story, Mark Urban from Best Buy talked about how organizations need to go beyond the journey and really act fast around these diversity and inclusion initiatives. And he really compared it to e-commerce growth. We've all seen those who were slow to adopt e-commerce, they're no longer here. And Mark viewed the D, E, and I initiatives in a very similar manner. Those who don't invest will be left behind. And you know, Rick, it's not just from a consumer perspective, but from a talent standpoint as well. I watched a panel that included some great women in leadership positions from the Vitamin Shop and Cartier North America, Sephora and The Gap. And they talked about how, you know, this past year and a half, there's been so much focus on employees working from home, but in retail, 85 to 90% of the employees are people who have to be in the stores and in the DCs and they don't have that option. So how can these retail companies empower their leaders to have real conversations with their employees? Because you need to be inclusive of all people's situations and really work together to find out what works best for each team for these employees. Absolutely, Karen. Just like an overarching theme of making sure people are being heard. Yes. And during that session, they also talked about how this can't be just an HR initiative. This has to be something that the CEO is on board with. Include your C-suite in those listening sessions because storytelling is so powerful. Use it to get them on board. Inclusivity goes beyond just the employees. There was a great session with Tommy and Zappos Adaptive where they talked about being inclusive with the consumer. And there was a great quote about being customer centric and not doing anything without your customers. Yeah, that reminds me of one session that was with Pinterest, the Yes and Crate and Barrel where they're really using technology to adapt to customers in a deep way. One of the things the Yes talked about is they have 500 facets on all of the products, and then they allow the customer to inform in real time through a series of questions so that the recommendations adapt to the desires of the specific customer. They then actually even take it further of, of the Yes wanting to be a marketplace where people just buy there. So they're even focused on vendor simplicity and inclusion. The brands, rather than having to build some massive infrastructure for commerce, can actually use the Yes as this direct way of buying these things that have been incredibly personalized. 
And this is also what we were seeing with Pinterest. Pinterest in the last few years has been really focused on something called discovery commerce, and it allows people to create an inspirational flow. And this is where the shares from Crate and Barrel were so powerful because Crate and Barrel was saying originally the way that their commerce has been set up, people were doing comparative shopping and the focus would start to become about the price of things. And by partnering with Pinterest, they've been able to become much more inspirational and arrive to the right choice that's less about the price and more about the convenience of the buying path. And so they really love Pinterest being able to help them drive traffic and also allowing them to target people very early in their shopping journey. This allows them to test the relevance of what they're putting out there and get amazing reach to the customers they're wanting to serve. Matt, I'm sensing a theme. Time and convenience is a currency. From the keynote, we heard 80% of 2021 shopping experience is still going to happen in the store. So Robin, what's the impact? You know, Rick, it's really interesting because Levi's also talked about the fact that they're focusing on bringing the digital and the physical together and that they're, although they're spending quite a bit of money on the digital and digitizing everything, it's still about the physical store and they know the customer really wants to touch and feel the garment before they make a purchase. Yeah, Robin, there was a research session all about the great accelerator, which was the last 16 months. What customers want is the flexibility to be able to shop however they want. The images that got the highest votes were all around combining a elevated showroom experience with more of a ability to buy online, pick up in store. Their big three takeaways were that the big box retailers did it right, like the targets of the world. Micro fulfillment centers and experience are key going forward. But one they also threw in there was that retailers need to reorg their business to focus on the customer and not focus on their individual silos anymore. You know what's interesting, Kara? They are saying that this coming back to shopping is going to be like the roaring 20s. So stores need to really pay attention and figure out what experience will be best for their consumers. Yeah, speaking of breaking down silos, it was one theme in another session that was called IT's leadership's influential role in business growth strategy. One of the things they talked about is bringing together a cross-functional team on both the business and IT side to solve what they're calling a value stream. It's actually looking at the broad strategy and then looking at the portfolio of how do we add the right things in, especially with modern cloud solutions of where do we want to go and what technology can help us get there. This was obviously a very full day, and I just want to thank you, Robin, Kara, and Rick, for sharing all your insights with the audience. Thanks, Matt. Great to see you again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. Matt, pleasure being on. Look forward to the remaining days of NRF. We've attended the top sessions from the NRF Retail Converge event, unpacking insights with top retail experts. We're looking forward to a number of sessions on day two, including one with UPS CEO Carol Tomei, Southeastern Grocers President and CEO Anthony Hucker, and brands including Kate Spade, CVS, The Walt Disney Company, and more. To ensure you don't miss the latest insights, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, connect with us on LinkedIn, and get the latest updates at sap.com retail. Thanks for tuning in and listen to our next episode for highlights on day two of the NRF Retail Converge event.